Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chance to get together, worship you, glorify your name, especially on this Father's Day. We above all honor you, Father God. As this last week, someone in Fairfax, Virginia, mentioned another name rather than God, the God Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to proclaim and enunciate and underline that our God and our Father is Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. So, and honoring fathers and honoring what they carry, and mothers too, by the way. Exodus tells us the command, first commandment of the blessing, like I said, when I with my opening was that honor your father and mother because it's the first commandment with a blessing. And so we thank the memory of all the influences you have had. Without fathers and mothers, we would be really lost. And our nation, where there are vacuums, where fathers have been missing. As you can tell by the effect, even on the whole of society. <clears throat> so, we honor fathers and mothers. And we encourage them. We thank the Lord for their influence in our lives. May we be able to continue that. You find in the Word of God, the pattern is set. There's a command that God gave to Abraham saying, I'm blessing you because I know you will command your children and guide them. The same, the, the, and he continues. He, Abraham blesses Isaac, but Isaac continues blessing the next generation. He blesses Jacob. And it's in Genesis 27, verse 28 and 29. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain. And let people serve you and nations bow down to you. And cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Now this is a blessing that God gave to Abraham, but it's now come on Isaac. That I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And we believe in the Bible. So even today, we are guided by this word and we go out of our way to bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Even this last week, even this Friday as we gathered together, we were took note of what was happening in Israel, that there is a change of administration, that there is a new prime minister, but that Hamas and the terrorists were sending across balloons that were inflammable that that carried things that would make it blow up and 
kill people, set entire houses and communities on fire. And so the Israelis had to send an air force to put a stop to the Hamas terrorists and bomb the terrorist headquarters again. So we do, I believe we sense an extra blessing on our lives. I want you to be confident of that, that because part of our job description we consider is my job, part of my job is to pray for United States of America, for the blessings of God on this nation so we can bless others. Throughout these past 200 plus years that we have had, one of the wonderful things about this nation is that God has favored us most of the time with abundance enough so that when there are major disasters around the world, we can rise up as a community and that our armed forces or other organizations that can we send in major help, practical help. And that's being done even today as we transport some of the vaccines that have been uh, produced in the United States. One of the nice things that I noted last week was the United, I mean, Israel was going to go give for free a million doses of this antivirus vaccine to Palestine so that they could help help. And I think it's great that they are not just focusing on the, the violent terrorists, but they are saying, we are going to just be an instrument of blessing all the time. So um, the, the echo... I just wanted to give you the reference, Genesis 12, verse 3, is where the Lord God the Father tells Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And uh, the the reference for the Bible commandment, honor your father and mother, is in Exodus 20, verse 12. And then it goes on. Abraham blesses Isaac. Isaac blesses Jacob. And blesses his 12 sons. Uh, and there are predictions. With the blessing comes prophetic words that God will do these, these things to you. And uh, <clears throat> in uh, Genesis 49, for example, he blesses Issachar and says uh, that you are... Um, let me see if I can find my reference here. It's in teeny letters. So, and he blesses, in fact, he, he blesses among the sons, Judah. You are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. And so you find, as the generations come on that the generations, like for example, of the tribe of Judah, David was one of its premier heroes. Jesus Christ himself comes from the tribe of Judah. So it was blessed by God, used Father Jacob to bless, and the future of, their, of these sons is guided by the blessing of the father or the, and the grandfather. A blessing of Issachar, Genesis 49, was 
that they will have inherited great land. And sure enough, they inherited uh, the lower parts of Galilee and the Valley of Jezreel, which are some of the most fertile places in Israel. Uh, <clears throat> Jacob's youngest received a blessing and prophecy saying, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, and in the morning devouring the prey. So the house of Benjamin produced many military leaders in Israel who helped lead the armies of Israel. So these are blessings that are effective. So I would always, I would say to those watching us even in the web, and here too, that when your father is around, have him lay hands on you, even though he may not be a big committed believer, saying, hey, put your hands on me. I, I so appreciated Richie sharing his testimony uh, Friday about how his father, who's, who's an unbeliever for how many years? Most, it's almost 70 years, almost all his life. But he came to visit Richie here and, uh, and heard the word of God at All Nations Church. And I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. And then an hour later, can you, would you mind rehearsing that, Rich? Yes, so um, <clears throat> my relationship with my father was, was very off between the age of 7 and 25. Just on and off, just wasn't a good relationship. Improved a little bit between 25 and 35. Then I came to Bible college here in 09. And I went to see my father and he laughed. He said, well, I'm an atheist and you're going to Bible college. <clears throat> it, was a, it was friendly, he wasn't mocking me. And then in June of 09, I'm in my apartment in Rock Hill and I felt the Lord say, I'm about to do something. If I told you, you wouldn't believe it. And I said, okay, see what happens. So my father contacted me a couple of weeks later and says, I'm coming to visit. So he came to visit. I thought, I've got to get him to church, you know, this atheist. So I got him, I sat him in the back and his jaw dropped. People blowing shofars and all this and that. He'd only known institutional religion, you see. He was raised in wartime. And, and I said, I've got to get him up the front to introduce him to Mahesh. So I, I got him here and sat him with Mahesh. And I walked off over where uh, Roxanne is in the purple there. And about two minutes later, my, my father had stood up and his eyes had completely been transformed. I saw a light in his eyes that was not there two minutes before. So I went over and Pastor Mahesh said to my father, well, look, you need to pray a father's blessing on your son. So we go back to my apartment in Rock Hill, and this is about an hour after he got born again. And I know he got born again because his eyes changed. He sat in my apartment in Rock Hill. He's getting filled with the Holy Spirit. He's raising his hands. And I said, I said, come on. I said, you need to pray a father's blessing. I said, he'd been born again one hour. He laid hands on me and he said, and he, he was crying, he said, I pray a father's blessing on you in Jesus' name. And immediately something, it's almost like I, it was like I was a dead tree that suddenly, boof, came to life. Something changed. And our relationship was restored. And I won't go into the details on this, but a couple of weeks later in my apartment in Rock Hill, I saw a demonic presence in my apartment actually leave 
And I think there was a sealing and a completion of a deliverance. And then the fruit in my own life, just as a person emotionally, relationally, was impacted tremendously. God had changed. There was a bad root that was producing some bad fruit. And then God put in a good root, and then there was some good fruit. So it was the greatest miracle I've seen in 30 years outside of me getting born again. Praise God. Wow. Amen. And... Rich, the thing that you're giving testimony to is really the miracle of salvation. Because in the same way that it's apple life in an apple seed that makes apple trees, it's the sun life, the life of the sun that has been given to us when we believe on the Lord Jesus. So each one of us has been given a full access to perfect relationship with the Heavenly Father that completely has the potential to completely and utterly not only heal us, but bring us into that place of personal recognition of who we are in relationship with our Father. Because when Jesus ascended, He said, it's better for me, for you if I go away because when I go, the Father will send the Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, it was the advent of the outpouring of the Spirit in generation after generation, perpetually in all who receive Him until He comes. We have received sun life. Sun life in relation to our Father. And so what does that do? It produces the sun in us. And so let us today on this Father's Day recognize especially that truly it's not by our human might or power, but it literally is by the love and grace of the Father and the living presence of the Son within us. And Richard, testimony is so beautiful because you got a, a you had a personal experience and a revelation of, of the reality of the son life. And so we thank the father and the son today. Psalm 2710, um, you know, often uh, I hear believers and non-believers using the excuse of resisting God or not being able to believe in God or have a good relationship with God because of a relationship with an earthly father or the lack of a relationship with an earthly father. But the Bible says, Psalm 2710, when father or mother forsake you, I, the Lord, will take you up. And this is what he has done through the gospel. He has taken each one of us up in his fullness, by giving the Son, and then in the resurrection of Jesus and his seating in heaven, by giving that Son life to us, that we might be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. And I love Eugene Peterson's version of Matthew chapter 11 that is called The Unforced Rhythms of Grace. And it says that Jesus began speaking to the people tenderly. And he said, this is a unique father-son 
relationship coming out of unique father-son intimacies. And he says, are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. I'll show you how to do this. I won't put anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Learn from me. I'll go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And so today, we bless you with a new and fresh anointing of sun life, recognizing that you have received the sun, and therefore, his life is fruitful in you. So we bless you today with the unforced rhythms of the grace of God through the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, Richie, you mentioned something that I want to take note of, that when you looked at your father, something changed. And then that one of the things that you recognized were his eyes that as he received Christ. And now I want to take note of that sometimes. If God, may God give you many, many opportunities to lead others to the Lord. And that's part of our job here is that we are out there on the World Wide Web. We are available to the nations when we broadcast, live broadcast now all over the world. This, we get contacts from Singapore and from uh, Kazakhstan and from Russia and from Brazil and all over the earth and I'm so grateful but we are wanting to and all above all to share the gospel the good news that Jesus Christ has come and will wash you of all your sins whatever junk you're carrying of the past that God brings you into his blessing his kingdom he has forgiven you and he is transforming you and making you a king and a priest and giving you a new destiny. So, Bonnie and I, we, we have had to, we had been blessed to have a chance to proclaim the gospel almost all corners of the earth, from the Caribbean to Egypt to Norway to, uh, I mean, Singapore uh, and Korea and uh, Pakistan. It's something. But one of the things we've noticed in several situations. Uh, I know that a couple of people in previous experiences that I knew the background when they came, uh, with, it was with an uh-oh, they're coming to create uh, problems and even do some violent things. And there was a man who had been trained in that way and came to this meeting powers and he was from the, a violent branch of radical Islam and he was going to create some storm and suddenly I find myself uh, surprised because he comes up and says I want to receive Christ and part of me is doubting but I lead him in prayer and I see the transformation of uh, his, his eyes suddenly changed. And you could see the violence and all that. It was like you can see that in the eyes and then suddenly it disappeared. And it was just wonderful love coming. 
another occasion I remember, we were in Germany, and one of the radical young terrorist leaders of an extreme Nazi party came and attended that meeting, and I said, Oy vey, what, <laughs> what is he going to do here? And suddenly, again, in this occasion, he was the first one to run up and receive Jesus Christ. And a few years passed, and he was advertising meetings that he was doing for evangelism, and he was doing, touching young people across Germany. And I said, wow, Lord, only you are the mighty Savior who can transform people's lives, just like Richie's dad. It was such a blessing. And he went home to be with the Lord uh, not too long ago, right? Two months ago. So how wonderful that he was here and he received Jesus Christ. And now he's home. You're going to see him one day. Hallelujah. <laughs> was he, what war was he in? Okay. Right. So experience that. Yeah, that was quite something. Um, but anyway, it is, therefore, I'm moved by the fact on this Father's Day, as we honor fathers, that there's some of these great stories of fathers who have been transformed completely by the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to point you to just one more scripture in uh, Luke chapter 15. Jesus himself gives us this parable. And he says, uh, then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And this really, this example even speaks to us in our today's experience because vast numbers of our population are being devastated by drugs. And... Uh, I was hearing some of the facts from uh, the people that kind of handle that, that the special detective and police forces that try to prevent drug traffic from coming in, and they were deeply disturbed by the amount of fentanyl that has been imported across, either across the border or in other ways that they are importing here. That we have, you know, fentanyl is one of the horrible drugs that people don't realize how much they take and then they kills, often kills young people. And it'll break your heart sometimes. When you, I've had to go visit intensive care units and I mean place, places in, in hospital where basically just a young person, they're trying to keep that person alive because they've taken drugs. And the drugs have basically destroyed most of their brain function. And it's heartbreaking. So 
this is an ongoing challenge that we have. May we praise God for the ability to impart to our children. And may God give us grace for each and every family. And we had uh, a couple of Fridays ago, we had a call while we were live praying from a, a man who was just heartbroken because his son had just walked away and into drugs, would not listen to his parents. And we have that challenge often because drugs, once they come, you know, someone takes those, that their personality is captured. Uh, and addiction is for real. And by the way, I just want to say, in addition to that, deliverance is for real. Yes. The power of the name is yes. Jesus is real. Yes. And we have seen again and again people completely delivered from the oppression of addiction by the name of Jesus. So be confident, totally, that pray for people who have been really taken over by this. Now, this here is an example of a rebellious teenager. I don't know, he was a little bit older. But he asked his father, you know, and it was according to some of the tenets of Judaism that, of the faith that they believed there, that a uh, son who is getting an inheritance, he can ask for it a certain time. He demanded it, and it was dumb, but he is driven by something else. And so he, he goes on. It said, not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted, say wasted, and it is, you'll find that in our so many experiences over the years, we have pe seen young people, especially male and female, get just totally destroyed almost their personalities by addiction, sometimes by gang propaganda or just violence. It envelops sometimes entire neighborhoods. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. And you know how in this culture, what they would think of wine, I mean of swine, and uh, of the pigs. And he, he was a caretaker of pigs. And he was jealous of what the pigs were eating. And, I mean, he had really fallen. And it says, but when he came to himself, so praise God, that is one of the things that we can pray for. If you see or hear of people who have gone away from the Lord, that is one of the big blessings of fatherhood. May you have the grace. May we have the grace as we pray, even today and in part, a father's blessing. May the young people who are growing up, that may they not be tempted away from the ways of God and the ways of the Bible, that they will be guided because it is quite a journey. And this young man had that journey too. He came to himself and realized what a mess he was in. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I, per I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. 
Say Father. Father. And this is quite a bit, even though we're talking about the Son, it really, we are focusing on the Father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he, he was rehearsing in his mind the speech he was going to give to his father. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to, it, to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. So you see, I mean, he had, the son had already rehearsed his speech he was going to give to his father. Listen, I've become a mess. I've messed up so terribly. And I, oh, I, I don't deserve any, any help. I even I took my legacy and just spent it. And so I don't deserve anything. I mean, he had all this speech. Take, and father does not let him say really much of anything. He says, hey, all of you, my servants, come and help here. Bring out the best robe. It's the best robe. It's, it's really such a beautiful picture of the Heavenly Father and what he, how he thinks of you and I that we often, we often, I don't know about you, but sometimes you mess up. And I, I really, when, <laughs> when we had four beautiful children and they were growing up, they were little, to be a father and be fair is quite a challenge. And sometimes with four of them, and one of them would mess up and I would not know who had really been, and there would be times where I punished the wrong person. And I want you to know I felt so bad. I'm still repenting to this day. Oh, Lord, I made a mistake. So it's, you do the best you can. But here, the heart of the Father, and this is wonderful, the Father himself, but this is also the image of the Father God. And it's an example how we respond to our children. And uh, that loving compassion is one of the main aspects of God, how he thinks of you and I. And uh, it's called the Father Heart of God. And uh, the, one, the, the thing that you see about from the Father is that he has the Father when he was, when he arose and came, but when he was still a great day off, way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. So one of the things that you notice that the father is looking, has always been looking out there in hope that his son one day would come back. Uh, and, uh, and that's part of, by the way, we pray I didn't want to be in any way judgmental that there are many, many people, even here this morning watching us on the World Wide Web, they may need to come back, that they may need to turn their back on uh, addiction or alcohol. They may want to turn their back on inf inf adultery or 
bad sexual relationships, that they can turn away from that and turn to the living God and turn to God. And God is just like this, Father. He will run to you. And you may want to have a big speech, but Father God says, uh-uh, you are forgiven, you're going to be blessed, and here is a robe. Uh, and the main aspects is hope and faith. God, by this example, tells us today, and uh, for those of you who may have had a experience in parenting, a child has walked away from the Lord. The example here is always have a heart of compassion and have hope that, that God is going to answer your prayer and that they will turn to the living God. Jesus says in Luke 18, verse 1, he tells his disciples, you should always pray and never give up. <clears throat> in John chapter 5, verse 14 onwards, it says, have confidence if we ask anything that our God hears us and we have what we'll ask for. Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not turn away from it. So loving compassion is one of the main highlights of God's character when we talk about the love of the Father. So, and here in the picture, for me, it just inspires me that the father does not just slowly walk towards us as he's seen his son coming, being restored. He ran to his son. And by the way, a Jewish gentleman who had a big estate and had many servants, it was considered very undignified for him to be seen to be running. And there he doesn't care. And he embraces his son and kisses him even before he's, he's even spoken. It did not matter what he had done. He had come back and he is accepted. And uh, the, the thing, the father does not give a long lecture. That may be a good thing for us to learn. Don't lecture too much. If the person is repenting, let the Lord do his work in his heart. Uh, and let's not let him finish his speech. And, uh, and then he takes him through the restoration process and tells his servant, put a rope, a ring, and sandals. And so... The robe is a sign of honor. He is my son. He is restored. He's not just an ordinary person. He has his father's blessing. Secondly, a ring, which is a sign of love, but also the father's authority. You'll find that in, for example, in Ben-Hur, when... Uh, you remember this incident where he saves the, the admiral of the Roman navy is about to be killed 
and Ben-Hur is just it was a slave and rescues the admiral. And the admiral is forever grateful and adopts him as a son. And one of the main things it gives him is a ring. And it connoted to everybody who saw it that Ben-Hur has his admiral father's authority. And he does, does use it to show, I think, in that fictitious incident, Pilate, and uh, he shows the ring that he bears his father's authority. And then he has sandals, which is a sign of freedom or wherever he, and, and belonging also. That he's no longer, number one, a slave. With all these things, not a slave anymore. That father has freedom and you are my son and I am rejoicing because you are now part of my family. And that is the picture I felt like God was drawing for us in this hour, that he was blessing us, that he was and any member of the family that has gone away, that God is looking out there for them, that they will repent, that they will be healed, they will be delivered. And even as they come back, God is compassion. He's not full of judgment. And he embraces us and restores us back. And in fact, if you never had that, he gives you the Father's blessing. You have. Pastor Mahesh, as you're speaking, I, I just have been thinking this morning about the current scenario in our nation and how many uh, of our families are in crisis about our future and our future as a nation, and especially as for those of us who are believers and in particular have some inkling of our founding. And on this Father's Day, how George Washington traditionally has been called the father of our nation for the reason of his unique role that he played in the founding and the birth of this nation, not only in the company of other founders, but specifically in the military actions that he became a great and unique leader as he was leaning on the Lord specifically. And then from that place, becoming the first president by a unanimous decision, which was really unique. But when we look at his life, it is absolutely uh, uh, undeniable that he had an utter dependent upon the God of the Bible as his heavenly father. And, you know, there, there has been a lot of talk about, oh, they were all deists and they just had a vague, you know, relationship or whatever. But um, there are many, many proofs. One of them about George Washington is that he actually had, and it, you can read it, you can read it online, his daily prayer book of the prayers that he had written himself and that he prayed continually. And particular prayers for the morning of particular days of the week, particular prayers for the evening, for the days of the week. And, and I, 
one of the things that that we see in him and his character is he was he was a truly humble man. He was one of the most brilliant and ingenious. He embodied what was then the fruits of a classical education that was, you know, uh, they were schooled in original languages like Greek and even in Hebrew but and Latin and various other things. They were schooled in the sciences. Many of them were inventors and farmers and builders and all sorts of things in addition to their political life. And in fact, it was a lot of those things that, that um, you know, led our founders into their political life. But um, when George Washington was uh, inaugurated, the first inauguration, and he, he was the man that in initiated the tradition in America of presidents and judges and everyone being set into office by putting their hand on the Bible. And the reason for that was because he knew in himself that he was utterly dependent upon the God of this word to be with him and to follow him. And in fact, that this word was the foundation for all good civil government. And in his inauguration, it, it's interesting because you read the Father's blessing out of Genesis 49. And this is a little known fact, but you can go and look it up. He randomly opened the Bible and it opened to Genesis 49 when George Washington took his oath as the first president on that day. And in his inauguration speech, he said, all I dare hope is that if in executing this task, I have been too much swayed by a grateful remembrance of former instances or by an affectionate sensibility to this transcendent proof, of the confidence of my fellow citizens and have thence too little consulted my incapacity as well as disinclination for the weighty and untried cares before me, my error will be palliated by the motives which misled me and its consequences be judged by my country with some share of the partiality in which they originated. There's a lot of big words, but he's really expressing his humility. And then he says, such being the impressions under which I have in obedience to the public summons, repair to the present station becoming the president, it would be peculiarly improper to omit in this first official act my fervent supplications to that almighty being who rules over the universe, who presides in the councils of nations and whose providential aids can supply every human defect, that his benediction may consecrate to the liberties and happiness of the people of the United States, so on and so forth. And his prayers are absolutely filled with personal recognition of God as his heavenly father, of Jesus Christ as his savior. He says in every prayer, his dependence on the blood of Jesus to cleanse him from his sins. He ends every single prayer by praying the our father, our father, which art in heaven. I mean, his, his whole life was just shot through with the revelation of God as his father, and not just God in general, but the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his utter dependence on Jesus. 
um, as his savior. And one of the, one of the end pieces of, of one of the prayers, he, he's praying, he says, daily frame me more and more into the likeness of thy son, Jesus Christ, that living in thy fear and dying in thy favor, I may in thy appointed time attain the resurrection of the just unto eternal life. Bless my family, friends, and kindred. Unite us all in praising and glorifying thee in all our works begun, continued, and ended. When we shall come to make our last account before thee, blessed Savior, who has taught us to pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that's typical of his daily life. So I'm bringing that up to say that, that in, in the revelation of God, it is the, the blessing and obligation of sons to recognize the inheritance a father has given them, a true father has given them. And throughout the Bible, in fact, the reason Abraham was chosen and then Abraham has become what our, the New Testament apostles call the father of our faith. And the reason was God chose him. He said specifically, I'm choosing this man because he has faith in me and because he will pass that faith on to his sons, that he will instruct his sons in that way. And I think that this is the major failure of the church where we have depended on government and therefore elected individuals to be the carriers of our true and spiritual national inheritance. And that responsibility lies with the church. And more than ever, it is time for us as the ministers of light and of the gospel to arise into our place and speak to powers, speak to authorities in the heavens in our prayers, but also in engaging in civil discourse with our fellow citizens and with those who rule over us through elected office. This is our place. And that inheritance is very important because in it is an identity. And I was reminded, maybe some of you, in, in this last week or so, there were a couple of actual news stories in, on some of, in some of the, the cycles reminding us about the origins, for instance, of the Star Spangled Banner. But that's one of the things, together with the flag, for heaven's sakes. So many of our pieces of our treasured inheritance that have been given to us by the Lord through our fathers, our forefathers, have, have been lost or are deliberately being attacked. And that is an insidious plan of Satan to try and keep our children from knowing who they are and therefore losing the liberties and blessings that God has provided down through the ages in this nation. So more than ever, it's our joy and our responsibility to stand up and speak for it. And I just want to say, it is so easy in one generation to completely disconnect and send a next generation into the wilderness where by the mercy of God and by their own human struggles, they have to refine their true identity and their inheritance. And I know in my life, I was raised in what seemed to be a completely godless cowboy culture as a child. My mother came to Jesus 
just a couple of years before she gave birth to me. So she was already in her 20s. And eventually, my father followed in that faith, receiving the Lord and getting baptized in water, etc. But I didn't know until I was in my 40s that, in fact, my great-grandfather was an ardent Christian who hosted great spiritual Christian revivals for weeks on end every year during his life. And in one generation, my own grandfather, my father's father, who was raised as a child, and I now have his little Bible with his name in it when he was nine years old, he was in those revival meetings. He had that inheritance. And when he grew up, he completely forgot and then rejected it. So none of his sons got that connection to their identity. And therefore, none of their children did. And it was by the sovereign grace of God in my generation that the Holy Spirit began to recover by revelation and bring salvation. Salvation to me through my mother. And and it has begun to spread. And now there are many in my generation. And it has started again to sow our true spiritual inheritance in our sons. But I'm saying that to say it only takes a generation. And I believe, church, that we are living in America in the time of the generation that would forget God and therefore forget our inheritance and rob our future generations. So let us arise as those who have sun life and return and reconcile the prodigals. America right now, in her general philosophy, is the prodigal son. And our heavenly father, and likewise, we who have the sun life, should be going out and looking every day for each one to return back to their true inheritance, just as in this story. Amen. 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 And that America should stop in the company of swine and get the real food from the living God. Uh, but just for a moment, if you withdraw, just or go to a higher height and see God's faithfulness in that your great-great-grandfather was one of the authors of the great revivals in uh, Texas and New Mexico area. The great-grandfather. And uh, that some of your great-uncles were the founders of the Texas Rangers. And... Uh, that, that's quite, quite something. But God heard those prayers and says, well, if this generation is not interested, I'm going to get the next generation. And uh, so he is faithful. Say, he is faithful. So, and the blessings and prayers that have gone on before reminds me of uh, Saving Private Ryan, where at the end the captain is dying but he's telling Ryan, earn this, earn it. And the best way we can earn it is being faithful and loving towards our living God and not tolerate all this kind of humanistic and very bad evil propaganda that is trying to confuse our children as to its history, the United States flag, some are even talking about we are uh, just bored with that flag or something negative. Uh, it's a 
you better remember, millions died for that flag. And that's why it's one of the reasons we honor this flag and pledge allegiance to it. But it's a, this is a good way here this day to say America is coming back to God the Father. And we are being revived and we are welcoming the spirit of revival. And thank each of you here. Thank the Lord for anointed fathers and anointed mothers who are bearing witness that Jesus is Lord and God the Father has been merciful to all of us. So what I'm going to ask is, and this is the appropriate way I felt like, I'm going to ask just a few handful of fathers here, if you will take a moment, if you don't mind, to take the mic and speak the Father's blessing over this congregation and all the multiple hundreds of watching us on the web that speak the blessing of the Father. And uh, Joey, I think, where are you, Joey? Again, this uh, light. Yeah. Take the mic and speak a blessing over us, please, brother. Thank you. Uh, thank God for the power of prayer. Uh, and it's important that we pray for our fathers, particularly if they're not saved. Uh, I remember my father, he came home from the war. He was pronounced dead and he won't save. And they asked my mother to come to claim the body, to identify his body. And he woke up in the mug. Wow. And he was alive. Wow. And, uh, That's awesome. That's great. But part of the reason he was alive, his father was a preacher. And his dad was dead at this time, but he had prayed for the salvation of his son. And uh, I remember getting saved at a young age and my father, he didn't want to hear nothing about salvation. And this went on for years and years. I would do all I could to witness to my dad. He would make fun. He would laugh. He would say some things I won't say with a mic. <laughs> you know? And uh, I remember my dad had had died of lung cancer. And I remember they had gave him eight months to live he was a veteran, he was in a veteran's hospital. And they were sending him home to die. And I remember being in the hospital. And uh, everybody, was, the family were there, all the sons, the daughters. And I didn't know what to say. And we were leaving. And I was the last one to leave. And he said, I guess it's time for me to give my life to Christ. And I looked at him. And I didn't have the time to witness to him at that point. And the next day they sent him home and he had eight months left. And I went and I witnessed to my dad and I told him I was saved. And I said, dad, if you die lost, I'll never see you again. I said, when I die, I'm going to heaven. And uh, my dad was addicted to alcohol. And my dad didn't say nothing. I didn't know what type of effect it would have upon him but it was a guy named Fred would bring my dad a drink every day. And Fred came like he normally came with the drink. And my dad looked at him and said, I gave my life to Christ. I would never do that again. And for the next eight months, 
he lived a life for Christ. So I like to say, if you have a dead that's not saved and it looked like he won't get saved, don't give up. It's power in intercession. I like to encourage you to do what we did. I stood in the gap for my dead, made up the hedge. So if we have a dead that's not saved, continue to stand in the gap to make the hedge. And so we just pray, Father, for all the unsaved fathers, that they would stand in the gap, that we would stand in the gap and make the hedge, that they would come to Christ. And we ask it in Jesus' name. In the greatest joy we're seeing my father come to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Michael Hoover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wrong. I got to say, it is raining outside. <laughs> and I'm saying, Lord, rain down on us. Rain down on our fa us, fathers, Lord. Just rain. Cleanse us. Cleanse us, Lord, of all iniquity, Lord, so we can bless our children in a purity of your rain coming down upon us. Hallelujah. I have a testimony that I have two, they would be great or great, great uncles that were twins that were pastors. And they pastored for at least 50 years, maybe longer. And I, that legacy of those pastors, Amen. My, my relatives, passed down through generations exactly like what you were talking about. So I have a legacy too. You we all have a legacy. If we look back upon our our generations, there are people, there are fathers and mothers who have been praying for us for the longest time for our generations. So blessed be the Lord that says that. Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've had the opportunity to trace back some of my lineage and I found out that um, back to the early 1700s, my family was all de devout Quaker wow. and really loved the Lord. Um, it kind of fell down with my parents, but they even were still, at least passingly, believers. But the thing that gets to me most about that is that there is a blessing in fathers. Our Father blesses us. He loves us. And even as the story of the prodigal son says, he didn't hold it against them even when he could have. Because the legal part of the whole thing is that his son should have been stoned in, instead of being received. And that's where we all are. We are all in that same position. And unfortunately, too often we kind of try to return to that position. Um, but our Father loves us. And uh, so I want to just, the blessing I want to give you is that the, that the love that the Father has for you will be with you every day. And that you'll see it, that you'll feel it, that you'll know it as a reality in your life, in everything you do. <clears throat> and that you have the opportunity to give it away. To others who don't know that love. Amen. Father, I ask you to bless us.
We need it, even as the rain is coming down. We need to be covered with the blood of your son, Jesus. And we just, we thank you and we bless you for all the heritage that you've given us. Because the heritage is in your son, Jesus. And we thank you. May we walk in that blessing every day. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Armin Decker if you're around. Right there. And by the way, I just want to point out that rain, the rain is symbolic of revival. And so we just want to re receive Lord more. Revive us. Revive the Carolinas. Revive the United States. Amen. Amen. I also went back and uh, found in my heritage that they were all sinners and they needed Jesus. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Amen. If somebody's giving their son, that makes them the father. We could go on and on and talk about how important the word in the word, the idea of fatherhood is. But one thing I kind of have a two part. I want to encourage the fathers today. So that you all know that fatherhood and families is God's strategy on the earth. It's his design. That's the way he designed it to work. Where you have been anointed, empowered, given the ability with every child that comes forth from you to be the father. It's, it's there. It's, it's unlocked at fatherhood, at the birth of the children. So, and you never stop being a father. Amen, guys? Right? Never stop being a father. But I, I want to encourage you that you speak identity, that you speak and you are the one who gives the inheritance, that you declare what the future holds for your children by imparting the meaning of the legacy that you bring. And today I prophesy that the estranged children, the broken relationships, any children that have run away, whether it was your fault or their fault or the devil's fault. I prophesy a restoration of that in the name of Jesus. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. If you will wait, he will renew your strength. He will let you mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint because that's what happens when we wait. You're going to get stronger as a father. You're going to get better as a father as you wait upon the Lord. And then I also like to... Uh, to encourage everyone with this song. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the Lord God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept every one of your sacrifices. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed, that's you. He will answer you from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some may trust in chariots and horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God, and his name is Father. Save, Lord. May our Father answer us when we call. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. I want to put faster than Hank. Would you mind saying a blessing? Oh, the fathers, and remember also out there, 
the internet audience too. I want to kind of follow up on what Joey said. My father, um, he had an Alzheimer's disease and he was in a nursing home. He was not saved. And one time, Pam, myself and my children, we went down to see my father. And the opportunity presented itself. You, you, you know Alzheimer's, you know what it can do to people. <clears throat> there was just a moment in time my father kind of snapped out of it and he heard what I was saying and I was able to lead him to the Lord. He could not answer me in verbally, but I asked him if he could just shake his head, yes or no. So I would say something and my dad would shake his head. And I know that day he received the Holy Spirit. He received Jesus Christ into his life. It wasn't much time after that he passed away. So I'm only saying this, that there's opportunities out there for us dads and mothers to reach out and pray for people. That maybe we think they're lost, there's not an opportunity. There are opportunities. And I want to go one further step. It's not only our natural children we have, but we as mothers and fathers, um, our spiritual mothers and fathers, to many, I have a spiritual son right here in this body, and he knows who he is. And I'm blessed to have this man as my spiritual son. In fact, it's that guy right there. Stand up. He's my spiritual son. Amen. And I, th I thank you for this young man right here. So don't give up. Don't give up and see that there is a need out there for young people and older people that they need a spiritual mom and a dad. Yes. Look for them. They're crying out, especially in the days we're living in. So I pray right now for fathers that we would not only be reaching out to our own children and generation, but we would seek out other people who are looking and dying and crying out for a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. Bring them to us. In this time of need, there's so many young people out there who don't have a mother and a father who are crying out. I just pray in Jesus' name, point them out to us. And I say, thank you, Lord, for our faith in the challenge that we have to reach out to bring other people into the kingdom of God. Be with us in these days. Bring them out to us. Show them. Point them out to us. And be, we will be brave to go to them and ask them to receive Jesus. And if need be, let them become a spiritual son or daughter. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask Richie to pray next, if you will, and then Michael uh, to conclude us. And as Michael will lead us out, I want to invite then the, our group leaders, the ones who help me pray here. To, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, or whether you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you need a major healing or a minor healing. There's someone here, you've got trouble with sleep, either sleep apnea or some kind of 
sleep attack. You get prayer. You, you will get healing today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Richie. Please. Yeah, in this atmosphere of honor, the, the power and the presence and the anointing is very strong. And I, I do feel there's some deliverance here right now. And with any grace and revelation that I have, and just put your hands out and receive from the Lord and just focus on the Lord. I release and declare and decree a Father's blessing on everyone in this house and watching online. I ask, release, declare and decree a Father's blessing on you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I feel God is breaking and casting out any spirit and the orphan spirit in Jesus' name. Any spirit of rejection, God is breaking and casting out in Jesus' name. Any spirits of fear, insecurity, God is breaking and casting out anything in our soul area right now and just breathe out. Just, just do an act of faith and just breathe out. I just feel the Lord is, is doing something right now in the area of deliverance. We thank you, Father. Anything dead, come alive right now. Anything broken down in the area of identity, be restored right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And in that supernatural flow, there, just lift your hands, just receive. Maybe if you just go ahead and stand up right now. Let's all stand up together. There's another wave of blessing coming upon us in this atmosphere of the glory. And I remember as a young kid in home, and I didn't even realize all that was going on, but my dad, who I don't talk about much here, but he, he is my hero. I love him with all my heart. It's amazing. And, of course, I have an amazing spiritual father uh, right here next to me on my left. But when I was a kid, my dad used to come up to me at random times, just all kinds of crazy moments, and I didn't even realize it. He'd come up and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And in those moments, I didn't realize it, but there was literally the anointing for the priesthood. I don't even think he realized it, to be honest with you. The anointing for the priesthood, the Levitical anointing, and the anointing for me, body, soul, and spirit. I mean, thank God I'm healthy. I'm happy and joyful. The Lord is with me and my family. And that inheritance goes to my children. And I'm telling you all today, don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed in any circumstance of your life, in any situation, whatever your family thing is. Don't worry about it because today... There is the anointing of Aaron, the anointing. Psalm 133 says, the anointing that comes down when his people are dwelling together. God the Father sends his oil down upon you. And so lift your hands right now and just receive. And that anointing, there's a fresh anointing over fathers today. There is fresh anointing over families today. I bless you today. 
as one of the fathers in this house, I bless you today as a spiritual father and leader in this house to know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. May you know the living word sent from God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. May grace, God's unmerited favor, and shalom, spiritual peace, harmony with God, be your portion, be with you every day. May the race that you run be with patience. May the race that you run be with endurance, with all faith. I declare that sin will not entangle your walk with God. Sin will not weigh you down in any moment of your life. May you be rooted and grounded with love and know the depths and the riches of the love of Christ. Vast as the ocean. May you be blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. I bless you with a thankful heart in all circumstances, always giving praise, always giving joy, always knowing what the will of God is. May you know the God, the Father's will in all circumstances. Be blessed with the might and be blessed with the surpassing greatness and power of God in your life. I declare that you will have power and authority over every principality, every power of darkness, every serpent and scorpion, every demon, and every stronghold in Jesus' name. I bless you as part of God's army. I bless you as part of God's watchmen. I, I bless you today as part of God's race, God's holy race, God's cleansed people, God's priesthood. And I bless you and your family today in the name of Jesus. And everybody shout amen. Amen. Yes. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We just receive that right now. Receive that right now. And we want to invite the, the uh, healing team to come up as we sing the numbers blessing song, all right, over you, over your family, over you watching online right now in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, come up and let's receive that touch right now from the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon and be gracious unto you. Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.